Welcome to Living Inside Out Today with host Joy Ross. Joy and her guests will help you learn how to think inside out so you can begin experiencing the God-given birthrights of joy, fulfillment, and freedom. Learn micro steps you can take today for macro results. It's time to dissect your everyday way of thinking. Now, here is your host, Joy Ross. Good day, good morning, good evening, depending on where you are in the world, or good afternoon. Welcome to Living Inside Out Today. I'm your host, Joy Ross, and you guys know the drill if you've listened before. I'm going to invite you right now to settle in, relax, and go ahead and grab a pen and paper so you can jot down a few tips that we intend to share today to help you show up as the best version of you. So, hey, if you are listening for the first time, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And I want to know where you're listening from. So if you're a first timer, go ahead and send me a note. You can email me at livinginsideouttoday at gmail.com. Let me know today was your first day listening and where you're from. And I've got a little gift that I want to send you if you're a first timer. And if you've listened before, welcome back. We so appreciate you guys. We do this show for you. Um, Thanks for your time. And you guys know that on this show, we are all about spreading positivity, encouragement, dropping nuggets, tips, tools, all to help you to move forward in your journey to be the best version of you. And we're all about sharing our stories uh, of personal transformation and overcoming challenges. In fact, my own personal transformation journey is the reason why I am doing this show, because I spent many years of my life in what I sort of call a checkbox way of living, right? Sort of going through the the rules, the lists that society often conditions us. And if we do these things, follow these steps, achieve these things, acquire these things, then at the end of all of that, there will be what? A rainbow and a pot of gold and happily ever after. But what I discovered was that after going through that list and achieving a lot of things and acquiring a lot of things, what I felt on the inside was not happy. What I felt on the inside was not fulfilled. And what I learned and what I received a deep revelation on is this. All of the things that we often desire externally are completely possible. We can do anything that we want. If we put our minds to it, we have faith and we believe. However, no amount of money, no amount of business success, no amount of acquiring material things can fill those deep spaces on the inside of us. No amount of external anything can bring us internal joy, internal peace, fulfillment, And so I share my journey and I bring guests on this show to share their personal journeys of what it truly means to live life from the inside out, because I have found that to be really the key, the secret to all the things that most of us humans really desire. And that's joy, fulfillment, happiness, and peace. So I share a lot about my journey and how I went from being disappointed, disillusioned, addicted, feeling stuck, um, to actually experiencing true joy, freedom, fulfillment, 
and peace and how the power of love literally transformed me from the inside out. So if you want to know more about me, you can check out my story in my books. Um, There is the truth about trust, the key to thriving in relationships. And my first book, which is international bestseller, is how to break the cycles of temptation, addiction, and guilt from the inside out. And I'm sharing this information not to be self-promoting, but because I really truly believe that we can learn from each other's experiences. And the steps that I went through are steps that perhaps you can follow to get from where you are right now. So if you're listening and you're struggling with any kind of addiction, addiction to shopping, addiction to eating, addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol, addiction to whatever it is, I believe that there's something in my How to Break the Cycles of Temptation, Addiction, and Guilt book that can help you. And if you're listening right now and you are struggling in relationships and maybe wondering why you often feel that you are experiencing heartbreak, why there's constant disappointment in your relationships with other people, and you're tired of that and you don't know what to do because you want to be in relationships, but every relationship seems to wind up in the same place with you feeling heartbroken, disappointed, disillusioned. I believe there's something in my book, The Truth About Trust, that can help you. So you can check out either of those books on Amazon or better yet, go to my website, Joy Ross, J-O-I-R-O-S-S dot com. Click the products tab because there not only can you get the books, but there are other resources that are free that you can download there. So speaking of overcoming challenges, unless you've been on a fast from television and, and news and entertainment news lately, most of you have probably heard and perhaps seen at this point the video footage of Will Smith uh, slapping Chris Rock on stage at the Oscars, right? Well, I recently, a few days ago, saw a video of Will Smith apologizing to Chris Rock and to Quest Love, who apparently had to get up and accept his award and make a speech immediately following the incident. And while watching Will Smith's apology video, it got me thinking about grace. It got me thinking about forgiveness. And it got me thinking about love and how there just seems to be a shortage of these three things in society today, right? I mean, we're often quick to judge, quick to criticize ourselves and others. And we're often slow to forgive We're sometimes slow to forgive ourselves and slow to forgive others. And so I don't know. Sometimes I just like to block time in my day or in my week and just have what I call little what if moments where I allow my mind to ponder and visualize best case scenarios. And so after watching that video, it made me wonder, what if... We all had a revelation of how loved we are. What if we all really knew on a deep level that we were created in love, that we were created for a purpose? What if we loved ourselves so much that we focused more on our fabulousness than our flaws? 
Well, what if we realized how much potential there is on the inside of us, that we were created with gifts, talents, a treasure that most of us haven't even begun to fully tap into yet? What if we understood how powerful our minds are and our thoughts, that our thoughts actually create and oftentimes determine our outcomes in life. I don't know. What if we saw other people through a lens of love and grace, seeing and having compassion for each other's humanity instead of holding other people and ourselves to a standard of perfection that none of us can live up to? How beautiful would that be? How powerful would that be? So, yeah, if you're listening and you're thinking, yeah, Joy, that sounds great, but that's very optimistic and idealistic. Well, yeah, I confess I am somewhat of an idealist and I am very much a uh, an optimist, but I also am a realist and I also truly believe deeply and in my heart of hearts, in my soul, in my spirit, I know that it is possible to live in a world like that. What's needed, though, is a revolution, a movement, and a movement can begin with one person choosing to make a difference. It really can. So speaking of movements, speaking of revolutions and spreading love in the world, my guests today are just that, two people who have decided to make a difference in the world, and I'm so excited to have them on the show. Um so my guests today are Pastor Abe and Suzette Lee. Pastor Abe is the son of a Presbyterian minister. And though he came to faith in Christ as his personal Lord and Savior and friend at a young age, he chose to walk away from his faith during his college and graduate school years. And the persistence of a loving friend and mentor brought him back to his faith in Jesus after grad school. He met his wife, Suzette, in his hometown of Chicago in 2000 and led her to Christ. And they married in 2001. After living in San Francisco for 17 years, where Abe served as music ministry director at his church, they returned to Chicago in 2018, just in time for the pandemic, right? Abe is a former social worker who now manages development of software platforms. He loves playing bass and serves as pastor at a church of the at Church of the Beloved in Chicago. Suzette is a former environmental scientist who now serves full time as U.S. Director of Hands at Work in Africa. Hands at Work is a non-government organization that connects local churches and communities across eight countries in Southern Africa with international churches for the purpose of caring for their most vulnerable neighbors. So, hey, two lovely do-gooders in the world, Abe and Suzette, welcome to the show. Thank you very Thank much. You. I have to say, Joy, I'm learning so much already just sitting here. Um, <laughs> I, I should have my notebook ticking. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, was, I didn't know the viral video had an apology video attached to it now. Uh, and I didn't yeah. know you were an international bestseller. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And yes, you'll have to check out that video because it, yeah, it's out there. 
So you guys, I like to start off each show because I believe that although we there are many things about people that make us different and unique um, in what, in my opinion, is a very beautiful way, there are also some things that are common among all of us. And one of those is challenges and having to navigate challenges in life. So I'm going to ask you guys as we start out to share one challenge that you've had to overcome maybe today or during the past week um, as an individual or as a couple, however you want to answer. And how? tell us how you overcame that challenge. Abe's looking at Suzette. You got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. It's not limited to just today or the past week? Oh, sure. Answer it, however you want. It, it could be a much, much longer, deeper thing. But um, yeah, I, I struggled with um, the challenge of, of um, my identity and self-worth for much mm-hmm. of my life. And I think with my um, discovering faith as a, a foundation that I can cling on to as, as opposed to just the moving with the wind and being influenced by external factors, I think that that's has, that has been my, my path to addressing that. And it's an ongoing mm. process, but um, self-worth is, is a challenge for me to embrace. But I think I've, I've grown by leaps and bounds, thanks to me. I love that. Very honest um, root level response is that thank you for sharing that. And I, because I think that most of us, if we're honest, um, at a minimum, many of us, if not most of us can relate to that self-worth and identity. Those are huge, like human issues. Right. And I love that you said that your faith has been the thing that's helped you navigate through that and gain a better sense of your true value as a human. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so speaking of value, let's talk about for a little bit your work in the world, what you guys are doing in the world, which I think is just phenomenal. So Abe, Interestingly, your professional background is in technology, and Suzette, your professional and educational background is in biology, human health risk assessment, and the effects of pollution and health risks on people in general. And in particular, I know you've done a lot of work in terms of the effects of pollution on communities of color and low-income communities. And now you're both involved pretty much full-time in various aspects of ministry. Suzette, you being the U.S. Director of Hands at Work, Abe, you being also involved in Hands at Work and also serving as interim pastor at a local church. So just tell us a little bit. I know we could probably spend a whole hour just on this question, but just like paint for us that trajectory. Like how how did you go from corporate jobs and doing big things, you know, in your respective careers to devoting your lives to service and outreach, not just locally, but really on a global scale. Our journeys are very intertwined, but different. So you want to go or should I? Okay. Um, And to clarify, my background actually is in social work. Uh, I have a master's in social work. And back in the day, 
I was a licensed clinical social worker here in Chicago. Um, I got into the uh, private sector, the technology world, uh, through consulting for a stint. I tried my hand at consulting and I, uh, and I hated it. I hated it with a passion. And my original plan was to go back into social work, uh, get married to Suzette, move to California and just become a social worker again. But there was a small startup firm uh, that saw my short stint working in as a consultant and my background as a social worker. They were in the process of developing a new software solution for social workers, uh, developing systems for food stamps management, child welfare, and all kinds of things. And they brought me in. And that was back in 2000, 2001. And uh, it was just such a perfect melding of what I had learned in school and what I actually like to do and uh, a new passion for technology. Uh, but then after we got married and moved to San Francisco, um, we happened to come across uh, through another connection, a church that uh, called Sunset Church there that really opened both our eyes and our hearts to understanding what faith is. Um and I started to get a better understanding personally of why it needed to become a priority for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that just uh, opened up the doors for me to get more involved in different areas, using the different talents I have at the church, from music to ultimately starting to serve as an elder there, preaching there once in a while, doing a lot of teaching. Um, and so uh, it was in San Francisco where the... Uh, two worlds of technology and faith really started to come together. Mm. Coming to Chicago, it was, a, it was a very logical thing for those two to stay together. Um, actually, when we came to Chicago, our journey to Chicago was intended to be just because of uh, a job situation. That we, uh, that I was looking for a, a new job because of a situation with a, a second startup that I've been with. And the only opportunity the only door that opened was here in Chicago and it required us to move here. Uh, and Suzanne and I, we were praying about it. It was actually quite amusing when, um, <clears throat> when we found out the news that I had gotten this offer and that literally it was the only offer I had gotten. I was on my way to perform a wedding in Ireland, in Dublin. Oh. And Suzette was in the bush of Zimbabwe. Wow. So we were as far apart as possible and in the two most different worlds possible. Um, and we prayed about it. And we realized, you know, this is obviously, well, we hope it's God leading um, because it was literally the only door open. We came here with the intent of finding a church, finding a community, not with the intent of becoming a pastor. Oh. Uh, we wanted to get involved, but uh, our desire here um, was to just find a community, be a part of it, be actively engaged uh, and do my job. I think uh, your question of, you know, how do we, how does ministry, how, how are we so actively engaged in ministry and in tech? It is really us saying, you know, if these are the doors that God's opening up for us, who are we to fight against it? And um, there's a lot of things that fell into place where ultimately I couldn't deny that we were, I was being called to serve as a pastor of that church. Um, mm. And that's kind of what happened. It's, it's a short version of a very, very long story of that journey. So. Uh -huh. Suzette's story is a lot more interesting, I think. <laughs> Should I go next? <laughs> sure, yeah. you can chime in. What's your, what? yeah, do you want to add 
to anything that Abe said? I feel like um, as far as us having different journeys that intro with each other, I think my transition was fairly natural in a way where uh, my background in, in biology and environmental science, as you said, and then through my consulting years as an environmental scientist, I transitioned from um, working with animals and protecting animals and and then um, assessing risk to human populations and then uh, specializing more in environmental justice. So dealing with data that um, assesses or evaluates whether there was disproportionate impact um, of environmental pollution on um, minority and um, poorer communities. And um, from that, Combined with uh, my fighting faith and accepting Jesus into my life, uh, it, the doors, the talking about opening doors, uh, the, the hands at work doors opened for me. I had no aspiration of serving in, in Africa uh, and doing that kind of work full time now. Um, but because that those doors opened, just kind of walking through it, um, being obedient and trusting um, that, that that was a, the direction to go, here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you guys, let's let's go there. Abe, uh, you said how you ended up in ministry in the way that you are now uh, really was not your choice, right? It's just that a series of doors started opening and it started becoming apparent to you that uh, God had another plan, essentially, right? So... I want to pause there because I'm always thinking about the listeners. So for people who are listening right now and they're maybe moving along a trajectory, a career path, sort of what they had in their minds for, I want to do this and then I'm going to do this next and I'm going to do this next. And maybe they find themselves in a similar situation where it's like, ooh, these doors aren't really opening and maybe a little bit of something on the inside starts to say, ah, maybe there's another plan. What can you offer to those people in terms of um, like, what can they do? What are some simple steps that they can do to really get clarity and, and to begin to move into perhaps the bigger purpose and plan for their lives. What advice would you offer? What advice would I offer in that kind of scenario? That's a, you know, everyone's so individualistic and so different. That's a hard question to answer. I, I, I can just speak to what I experience myself. Um, often, there basically, there's two things that, that are coming to mind. One was the job. Uh, that job open, opportunity, the opening of the door. Um, for me, I was very lucky uh, in that I was willing to send my resume to every possible industry. I didn't actually care. Um, and so the, I think for the one thing that I can think of to, uh, to offer up is don't limit yourself. Um, for me, it was... My background is in social work, and so I was very keen, keen on finding an opportunity that would leverage that experience. Um, but I realized that, you know, if I do that, I actually am 
kind of try to put up my own roadblocks rather than looking at where maybe God's leading us to go. I, for example, I stayed in San Francisco. I only applied to jobs in my neighborhood, basically, mm. uh, initially. And I, and I realized that maybe that's what I need to stop doing. Um, when it comes to the ministry thing, though, that's a different thing because I didn't seek it out at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I uh, learned by just watching my father and learning about his story and his life. He actually ran away from ministry for a period of time, which is what I always do. Whenever somebody asks me to serve in some form or fashion, I typically run the other direction. Uh, and what I found is when God wants to use you, no matter how far and fast you run, he's bringing you back. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened with me is that sometimes if God wants you to do something, it's going to become extra obvious more often than not that that's where you're supposed to be serving. Um mm-hmm. Uh, so you, I, I will say this, my running away consisted of me uh, just literally saying absolutely not, never, never, ever, uh, no, mm. maybe. Okay, that's basically the process that it went through. And it was a lot of talking to my wife, praying about it, talking to other people to understand maybe I was seeing, I was not seeing something that they were. So one, don't limit yourself, and two, run, because if it's meant to be, God will bring you back. So. I love that, Abe. And before we go to commercial break, I, I I love that because it's a very human response, right? And what another thing that I'm really hearing in that is, like you said, don't limit yourself. Running is okay because I think most of us initially probably do run or say no or we want to resist. But what I hear underneath that is don't be so hard on yourself, right? Like sometimes when we're in those moments, we make it more painful than it needs to be. Like just trust that if something is for you, if there's a path, it will make itself clear. So you'll you'll get there. You'll eventually get on whatever road you're supposed to be on. And there's comfort in that. So, hey, you guys, um, stick around. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to pick this up and get into some more deep and juicy topics on the other side. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you are wondering why you can't seem to attain that feeling of joy, fulfillment, and freedom in your life, then you need to listen to Living Inside Out today. Your host, Joy Ross, will help guide you away from the outside-in way of thinking you've been taught to live. Joy and her expert guests will dispel myths and expose the beliefs that subconsciously hold us hostage, preventing us from experiencing true joy, fulfillment, abundance, and freedom. Living Inside Out today. Thursdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Living Inside Out Today with Joy Ross. Have a question for Joy or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Here again is Joy Ross. And welcome back, you guys. We are here with the beautiful Abe and Suzette Lee. And Abe, before the break, we were talking a little bit about your journey and how you didn't choose ministry. It chose you. In fact, you attempted to run away from it. And then you sort of assured all of us, right, and gave some encouragement to people who are possibly listening, either feeling like they don't quite know what their purpose is, or maybe they're hearing a calling towards something and they're trying to run away. And so your story is one of, hey, you can run away if that's, you know, what you're feeling you want to do, but ultimately your path will find you, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want to pivot a little bit and talk for just a, a couple minutes on the church, right? I know that your personal story includes uh, in your bio that at a certain point you walked away from your faith and then eventually it found its way back to you, right? You found your way back to it. And I think that there are a lot of people uh, right now, and especially during COVID, you know, when that first hit and all of us were forced to sort of take a pause. I think that was a time for people across the globe, really, where there was a lot of deep soul searching and people began to question how they were living their lives and whether they were really happy doing what they were doing. Some people started to question like their spirituality and found themselves longing for something more than just what I call checkbox religion, which is essentially go to church, check a box. And then like, that's the extent of it. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you um, during this period where we're still not out of COVID, right? I mean, it's still here among us. What have you seen with respect to people's spiritual needs, like the church is going through a transition. Um, what have you seen and what's your take on the, on the transformation, this like spiritual transformation or transformation in the church that's happening? Um, that's a, that's a hard question for me to answer. Um, because I, I want to be very honest, but I feel like it might not be received very well uh, by mm. some. So I'm going to blame it on somebody else for a moment. 
we just returned, my wife and I, uh, from serving and visiting with uh, different communities that we support in Zambia. Uh, one of the folks we know there, she and I were on our way to visit with a number of pastors out there. And she turned to me. Um, she's formerly uh, a individual who volunteered to work with vulnerable children, orphans from the AIDS pandemic. Now she actually helps support other volunteers who do the same. But she asked, how are things going with regards to churches in the West, in America? Because, you know, she sees uh, COVID as being much more impactful in America than it was where she was, because they're so isolated, they actually didn't get much in the way of uh, infections. And I explained to her that the majority of churches in the United States, a lot of them are at a minimum hybrid. Some of them are still virtual. (laughs) She turned to me, just blatantly said, those churches are going to die. There's no hope for them if they're going to continue on that. And and it seems like a really harsh statement, but I can see the truth of it, because when you ask about the state of the church, I think people are realizing how essential, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, how essential it is to be connected to each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the Christian faith, because we are called to be united together as one body that's extremely diverse, but yet unified together by the sacrifice and the redemption of Jesus Christ, taking that piece out and replacing it with a camera, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of individuals that we saw during the pandemic that were just suffering because of the isolation, they were attending online services. But when my wife and I, Susanna, when, when the pandemic was first starting, one of the things that we have in, in Christianity is a communion. And communion is intended to be a representation of the sacrifice Christ gave, and it's intended to be done in a community with each other. So we didn't want individuals to have to do it on their own. So we actually took we took hermetically sealed little communion cups and a wafer, but we carried them to everyone's house. And we just we don't have a car, so we walked there. It was a long walk, a lot of homes. I think we covered about 15 miles that day by foot. Mm. But we went and sat and six feet apart. And just pray with individuals to have communion together because it is that community that we're called to. I mean, if you you may have heard the analogy, Christ, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the example of a perfect community, the three together as one. Mm. The state of the church is this, I think, intense understanding of the need and the requirement of being connected together as a body together. And so mm. And if a church isn't able to live that out, it's going to have a really hard time. Um, so I know for our church particularly, this is one of the things that we emphasize like crazy. Um, encouraging just community dinners, encouraging folks to gather together on a regular basis, doing everything we possibly can safely, of course, still. Mm-hmm. But to remember that this is what we are. In our diversity, we are unified together in Christ. So. Oh, thank you for that honest answer. And um, I don't know that anybody really has an answer. And it'll be interesting to see how things pan out. I know a lot of churches have things like community groups or life groups or whatever, to your point about gathering. So maybe that's where things are headed is just more interesting ways to gather other than the traditional historic coming together in the physical building of a church. Um, So I am going to, on that note, when we spoke a while ago, 
There were some things that you said in our conversation that I jotted down. So for the next couple of minutes, I want to um, just have a little fun here. And, and I'm going to call this You Said. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh your memory on some things that you said in our previous conversations and ask you to talk more about that. These are, these are things that, I don't know, struck me. Um, it's particularly interesting. So you said, Abe, that one of the things that you wanted to do with respect to the church, and I think just humanity, perhaps, is change the culture of shame. Um, what did you mean by that? Or what's your, what's your, how do we do that? Change the culture of shame? What does that look like? Um. I don't remember saying it, but I trust you. <laughs> um, <laughs> changing the culture of shame in the church. Uh, I come from an immigrant church. Um, and uh, as an immigrant church, there uh, is absolutely uh, this idea, at least in Asian culture, of you must do the things that you are, you know, we tell you to do as parents or as leaders. Uh, and if you don't, you're bringing shame upon yourself and the family and everyone around you. It, it's uh, the concept oftentimes is called honor shame culture. Um, mm. And I think that um, that's that's one aspect of it. I think that that's one thing that I want folks to understand um, that the the truth of the matter is that that honor shame culture is not something Christ created. It's not something God created. It's something that society has placed upon us. Because ultimately, we are created in, in the image of God. We are created uh, with his character, with his grace, with his mercy. And we just don't have a, we're not very good at showing it. Um, and, and so that, from a societal perspective, that honor, shame, culture, that focus on that aspect of it, rather than focusing uh, on how God views you and that God loves you, that is a problem, I think. The other aspect of it from a shame perspective is just in today's society, in today's, in the Western culture, I, I, you know, the whole cancel culture concept is mm. it's a hard one. It's, you know, back in the day when we were younger, Joy, I think it was very hard. Well, it wasn't as hurtful to to cancel someone because... You actually, you know, if I don't call somebody on the phone, it's not as big a deal. But if you ignore text messages, it just hurts more. I don't know why it is, but it just hurts more. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the cancel culture that exists today and how quickly people cancel each other out, mm -hmm. um, there's a shame aspect to that, that I just, it, it is, again, not honoring to who God has created, which all of us are. The big thing I always mention is that we are created in the image of God. I don't care what your background is. I don't care whether you're gay, straight, trans. It doesn't matter. We're created in the image of God. We may not agree with each other. We may have different political stances, but we're created in the image of God. And, and, and I cannot stand about and be a person who degrades and denigrates somebody who's created in God's image. And I just can't stand for that. And that's where shaming people, that shame mindset, I just, I think it's, 
is evil and it's wrong. And I would love it if we didn't have it anymore, personally. That's beautiful, Abe. I, too, would love it if we didn't have that anymore. And, and uh, yeah, let's not let's not do that, right? It's like God loves us. He created all of us. So if a person was valuable enough in his sight to be born into the earth, who are we to degrade what God formed what he made right so let's let's go there for a minute and talk about unity um because that's sort of an undercurrent that i'm hearing in these last couple of questions and and how you're responding and particularly within the church you know it's it's said that 11 a.m on sunday mornings is one of the most segregated hours uh at least in america Mm-hmm. perhaps in other countries as well. So we talked a little bit about this before the show, like just the racial tension that particularly in, in the U.S. where we are, the racial tensions and and just the angst, right, that was happening uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And, and still to this day, it's it's we're still sort of at this heightened level of focusing on differences and division and Within the church, people who are self-proclaimed believers, right, Uh, we sometimes don't see that expression of love and acceptance that you just eloquently described. Uh, So in your church, how... How have you tried to navigate that in terms of bridging racial divides and and being about unity, regardless of people's political affiliations or regardless of race, culture? Mm-hmm. How are you guys? What are you doing in that area? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It really is a challenge because our church currently is located downtown Chicago. And uh, uh, we, we would love to, to um, you know, mimic the diversity of our neighborhood, uh, our area. And that's one thing we strive for. Um, And I think for me particularly, I I, I was serving, to give some context, I was serving as of yesterday, that's no longer the case, but I was serving as the interim senior pastor. Our church had uh, some difficulties um, the pandemic and the racial tensions actually made it even more difficult. Uh, basically, I was the only person left to serve at our church as a pastor. We used to have up to five or six of them. I was the last one um, for the last two years or so. We have just identified and brought on by uh, uh, and the congregation has affirmed a new senior pastor. So I get to step down and uh, take a little bit of a break. Um, mm-hmm. But uh up until Monday, I was serving in that role. And one of the things that I decided was essential for us was to make sure that I have a diversity of persons on that stage as regularly as possible. Uh, I wasn't trying to put in a token female or token African-American or token anything. I just wanted to demonstrate the diversity of what the unified body of Christ actually is. Hmm. It isn't one race, one creed, one language. It is everything. Um, and it's not just me, of course. It's not my idea. It's, it, it's something that's uh, existed and it's intentional. 
Uh, actually, if you look at oftentimes in the Bible, read stuff that Paul wrote. He was always talking to folks that were of different nationalities, you know, people who were not Jewish, even though the first Christians were all Jewish. Uh, but to specifically to your question, what am I doing? I am actually saying that I am going to very intentionally identify individuals that I can bring onto the stage to preach, to teach, to do whatever needs to be done. Um, while we were away, uh, we, we were gone for about a month. Uh, I was I actually arranged to make sure that we had um, a person of uh, African-American descent, uh, a Puerto Rican, uh, uh, an Asian woman. Uh, I just wanted as much diversity on that stage while I was gone. They're, they don't often always have to see my Asian face on the stage all the time. I just, I want, and so um, I don't do it to be pandering or anything else like that. I think that we need to show leaders and voices that are different so that people can make, so it can become normal uh, in the church as normal as it's trying to become in the world around us. Because that's what Christ intended from the beginning, that diversity. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. So um, I want to ask you, while we're on this topic of things that churches are doing, and then we'll, we'll pivot. Um, a lot of people have experienced over the past couple of years various forms of grief, right? Uh, grief is in feeling a sense of loss over whether it was a, a way of life that was very active and has become more isolated or actual grief as people have dealt with um, death during the past couple of years and, and the, the, strangeness of all of that and that funerals were different everything surrounding how we previously would process and come together to honor a person's life all of that changed and so I know that there still are a lot of people and perhaps some are listening who are going through grief and feeling a sense of loss and since you are a minister I just wanted to give an opportunity for you to speak to that like so for people who are feeling grief or experiencing loss right now, what words of comfort or encouragement would you offer to them? By the way, I, I feel bad because I'm like doing all the talking. And oh, so that's just, so <laughs> um, we, it's a very interesting topic that you had a question you asked. There were two incidents that happened recently. Well, one recent and one not very recent. That's very related to that. Uh, one is we recently lost a fellow brother. Uh, it wasn't necessarily due to COVID, but COVID didn't help his situation. Um, mm -hmm. He was wheelchair bound. And so because of the situation and access to transportation and everything else, he was pretty isolated. Uh, we did try to go visit him. Uh, he had a tendency to hang out on the street corners. And so whenever I could, we would go out, just take a walk out there and, and sit down with him and chat. But uh, saying goodbye to him um, was was uh, was sad. Um, and then uh, the other incident that comes to mind when you talk about grief is actually just 
Um, not to overemphasize the work that we did in Zambia, but there was another community that was just dealing with the fact that they just could not, um, they, every op, op, effort that they had made to create income generating activities to become a self-sustaining community, it was just failing left and right and people were dying and they were hungry and they're just having issues mm -hmm. around there. And the pastors that we were working with and training up were just trying to say, how, how, do, we, how do we deal with this? And I don't mean to say it as a platitude, and I, I don't mean to diminish the time that people have on earth, but I know that for me, um, during those dark times, I, I, I have to cling to hope. Hope is something so much better. Um, the person that just recently died, he was, like I said, like I said he was uh, wheelchair-bound. Uh, he had been shot in the head. as a He's a gangbanger in his youth. And the bullet had been lodged in his brain. And, and, and somehow he had lived for another 30 years after that. He mm. should have, but it was by a miracle. He lived in pain with that bullet in his brain, which is why he couldn't walk. But the joy I had was not because, you know, I, I, I'm really sad because I don't see him on the corner anymore. But the joy I have, the knowledge that there's no more pain there anymore for me, that right now he's running. He's uh, enjoying just being whole. The, the promises that scripture gives us of what life will be for those who understand and believe, that's what I cling to. I know that there are going to be trials. Sometimes there's going to be some joys on earth while we're here, but I'm guaranteed nothing but that mm. when it's all done. And so that's the hope that I cling to, and that's the hope I try to bring others to as well, is that I get it. Right now, sometimes it kind of sucks, um, but there is more coming. So. Mm. That's beautiful hope, right? And that's a very real response. I appreciate that. For We've got a few minutes left. Um, since we're on this topic, Abe, if there's somebody listening, <clears throat> or Suzette, we don't want to leave you out. If there's somebody listening right now who has been moved by all of your references to things like hope and faith and relationship, personal relationship with God and, and with Jesus, and if they are wanting more closeness, uh, and and wanting more of a relationship like what you've described what what's like one or two steps like what let's give them some simple okay if this is you and you're feeling distant from god or you you want to have hope you feel like you don't or you want to have faith let's give them a couple things that they can do to move uh in that direction mm. Simple steps, like what can they do today? Wow. Um, so you had you had you had prepped us to have some simple steps ready to give. Um, I was going down a whole other path in my mind before today. Right now, now I'm switching it in my mind as to what kind of steps to give. I, I'll, I'll tell you very honestly, uh, if folks are familiar with like Billy Graham uh, and those large crusades they used to do. Uh, they have these altar calls. People come up and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, which is wonderful. 
But it wasn't until much later on that people realized that one step is just literally one step. It's the follow-up. It's, it's finding the community where you can actually find friendships, find family, find uh, that connection. I will tell you very honestly, the one step that I would encourage, if you're in Chicago, come visit us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're downtown. Um, uh, but if you're not, find that community of believers. I know sometimes it's a little scary to walk into a church, especially if you're on your own. And especially if sometimes, no offense to churches, but sometimes they're kind of mean to people. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they stand in their cliques, they're drinking their coffee or whatever. Step into it and step up to somebody oh. and introduce yourself and tell them that you're coming for the first time. Trust me. I don't care how mean a person you are in a church. When they hear those words, they're going to see you uh, and they're going to want to connect with you. It's just the reality is this. When you open yourself to the opportunity for God to start working in you by talking to one of the other image bearers of God, God's going to shine through. Mm. I love that. I love that, Abe. Thank you so much. You guys, can you believe we're out of time? So folks, if you are in the Chicago area and you want to connect up with Abe and Suzette and their church, you can uh, check them out on Sundays. You guys have services at 10 a.m. Chicago time, Church of the Beloved. And where exactly are you in Chicago? What's the we address? Meet at 31 West Ohio. It is okay. in a building called Instituto Cervantes. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> and folks, let me know what spoke to you today. Was there something that stood out? Was there something that encouraged you? Something that helped you? Something that, I don't know, perhaps caused you to think about things uh, in a slightly different way? Let me know. Uh, write to me at Living Inside Out today at gmail.com and I will leave you with this final tip and you know around here tip is an acronym that stands for transformation is possible and it begins with making a choice to live inside out today and I just want to encourage you guys to take one simple step today and maybe It's that final tip that Abe gave. So if you want more connection, if you want to grow more spiritually, take a brave step, take a step of courage and find a local church and just go give it a try and approach somebody and say, hey, I'm here for the first time. And then everything else will flow from there. So thank you guys so much for listening. And until next week, love and peace. Thanks for listening to Living Inside Out today with Joy Ross. We hope today's episode has been insightful and helped open the doors in your life to the joy, fulfillment, and freedom you have been seeking. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week.